Should I kick off with a few questions? Because I want to try and understand from other people. Um, you know, I come from minor minority, I suppose, in my industry as a woman in construction, and that's where I kind of look at the issues and try and fix or understand. And I feel like I miss out other minorities or other things, um, not purposefully, but just by being a bit a bit ignorant to it, I suppose. So I'd love to understand. So who wants to volunteer to go first to give us an idea of what DNI means to them? Nobody. Elaine? Elaine, do it. Go on, Elaine. <laughs> um, I think with DNI, it it's different to everybody based on their experience. So I wouldn't expect um, somebody who is, um, let's say, um, a lesbian, LGBTQ community, um, say that their experience of DNI is the same as a black female. Um, also, a black lesbian's experience is different from a white lesbian's experience. Um, and so I think that what does DNI mean to me? Um, I don't even know anymore because the words are thrown around so much. Equity, I think is the word I'm looking for, more than equality, equity. So we all have a fair share of the pie. Is that possible? I don't know. That's a whole nother conversation. But yeah, I think I'll just put that in. Yeah, see, that's really interesting because I remember a couple of years ago um, doing an, an, an EDI policy and answering a, a couple of questions on a, a pre-qualification questionnaire. And um, another company the year after changed um, equality to equity. And I, I was slightly confused. So can someone give me a better understanding of, of the difference without me sounding completely numb? I would just like to understand it if anybody knows. Is nobody going to talk? I, I, I feel I feel like no one can hear me. Can, can anybody hear me? Is it, is it my mic? Hear you. Sorry, I, I actually don't know the difference. So with Elaine throwing the uh, equity statement, I, I was hoping she was. I was hoping <laughs> she was going to jump in there and uh, educate us. What is what what is the main difference, Elaine? Like with you saying equity, what is the difference between equity and equality? Do Do you know? The thing is with this conversation it's really funny i was on a podcast yesterday and we were discussing this and everybody's understanding is different and it's also a buzzword that people are throwing around and for me equity is a shared experience and anybody can challenge me on this and we can talk about it it's a shared experience because we throw out equality there but actually it was never equal to start with if you think about it it was never equal to start with so how can i then share if we've got a pie and you, you always started with half of the pie, then actually I'm not getting an equal share, I'm getting a portion of what's left over. Whereas equity ensures that the pie is completely accessible to everybody at every level. Is that a good way of explaining it? I'm not really sure. Does that make it clearer? It makes it completely clear for me, yeah. Completely understand. And when you're talking about food, I'm there. I can see it. I want it. <laughs> 
<laughs> that was the only way that I could describe it because I, I had to talk to school children about it. So that was the only way that I could describe it because pie chart, everybody learns fractions from pies, right? So that was the only way that I could explain it to them because otherwise it just becomes convoluted and diluted in what people are trying to say. Yeah, and sometimes you just got to keep things simple, right? There's no point in trying to overexpress it and use, you know, different language when we can keep it really simple and all understand it to a level that we need to. So, yeah, I love that. Can I add something, Hayley? Oh, go on then, Michaela. As soon as you're late, I'm going to let you, though. Cheers. Yeah, I think the I think a big problem is, um, just going off what Elaine said, where you're not starting the same, is when people say next, well, I can only speak as a minority in my industry, um, as a white woman in construction, where we are frequently told, I'm doing Women in Construction Awards, and I'm frequently told, like, oh, well, you know, why do you need your own Women in Construction Awards? What about if we did a Men in Construction Awards? And my answer is normally quite aggressive, but I won't um, use my typical answer in this group. I think the problem is what people don't acknowledge is they say, like, it shouldn't man matter, gender doesn't matter, but it absolutely matters. If it didn't, then there would on there'd be more than 1% of women working on construction sites. So if you don't address the issue, and acknowledge like there, there is there is a problem here then it can never be solved we're just going to keep plodding on doing what we're doing and we're not going to be able to make our industry inclusive because we don't know what what the problem is we can try and make it equal by bringing people in and equal numbers but if it's not an inclusive environment where we're bringing them into then they're always going to leave so i think we have to address the actual issue and say yes this is a problem and yes women should be given a spotlight when they deserve a spotlight because the challenges that they have faced in this industry are going to be vastly different from the challenges that men have faced not saying they haven't faced them and not saying that they don't deserve awards they, they might be absolutely amazing at the jobs but we need to understand where everybody's starting from and if you are starting behind the line then that needs addressing how can we bring you to the front of the line before you start off and create then once the race has started um no hurdles for you to make it inclusive whilst you're actually running the race as well absolutely love that julia's just sent me something on the back channel that she's googled and i'd like you to say it for everybody julia please um, yeah, well, I, I was actually Googling as well what the difference is. So equality simply means that everybody gets the same and equal amount of whatever it is that we get. Whereas equality, well, equity is that uh, everybody's provided with exactly the tools they need to succeed. So I guess this is where the big difference is coming from, because we're not all equal and you know, if we look at it from a perspective of everybody getting the same amount of whatever it might be, it does not always mean that the results will be the same and only based on the on our capabilities, right? Yeah, I think that makes complete sense in the respect of Michaela saying as well that people that start behind the line. So actually, if you give everyone the same, some people are starting 10 steps back. So actually, you need to give the people further back more to make it more equal. Is that right? Yeah, exactly. So if, if somebody has a disability of some form or shape, they need more support than, you know, every everybody else who's, you know, equally able to do the same task. Can I can I respond and just add something mm -hmm. to that, Hayley? I think that, yes, 
equity and it goes back to my analogy with the pie right so even though you're all being given the same tools if somebody started off in a better position it doesn't matter if you're given the same tools you're still not going to be able to get to the same point the outcome is going to be different and moreover if you're given the same tools but you're not given the education to use the tools effectively you're not going to get the same result so effectively there are let's say there are two children and I'll use education as an example because that's my specialty and I hope everybody can hear me because I've got the red bar you are cutting out slightly um Okay, it's because I'm sitting in my conservatory. That's my Friday spot, but I'll yes. move around. Yeah, because it's important that we can hear you because it keeps cutting out now and again. When you... Okay, so it, in education, you can have two children, and this is where parental input is so important, two children being tutored, and one parent says, I've paid the money, you've, you've, both, got the, you've both got the same tutor, I've paid the money, and that child is going to do well. But then you've got one parent who looks at what work you did with the tutor, if you're having challenges with the tutor. So ultimately, that child is going to get a better outcome than the child who the parent has just paid the money and assumed the same tools, but how the tools are implemented are totally different. Does that make sense? Yes, that makes complete sense. And it's made so much more sense um, in the sense that we're not even just saying give these people the, I think it's the support network, isn't it? Equity is coming from actually guiding people and offering more support and showing them how to use what they've been given. Even though we thought they given was given equal, registering and understanding that some people need more support and guidance than others. Absolutely, Haley. I think Sajna wanted to add something as well. Sorry, I couldn't um, see you down there. Sorry, Sajna. Hi, I'm in and out of calls, and I just, I just wanted to what Elaine said. Like equity is, is, is a great analogy, and I think, yeah, diversity inclusion is just such a buzzword that I've, you know, I, I don't really know anymore. But one of the other buzzwords that came into discussions during my time in the corporate world, which aligns with um, equity, is, is the intersectionality, you know, the education of intersectionality, which is to recognise that everyone upbringing, the environment that they were in, so it recognises white people as well, um, so, so it's much more a social side of things as well that has come into the um, mix and I think a lot of people don't get intersectionality mm -hmm. and I think what the, the challenges corporate have is they've created all these little groups for everyone more division is like created if you look at some um, so you've got like for um, LGBT group you've got gender group you've got disability and then more is created like um, face group and stuff and one of my challenges with um, uh, CEOs and, and leaders is is this really like helping in like you're you're dividing people even even more so but what it gave people is a safe playground to talk about and I've been in all the groups you know I've been um, members of like LGBT community base groups and although there is an element of feeling safe nothing really gets changed you know it's, it's like everyone's in their own playground talking about their issues rather than um, 
having any drive coming on top. A lot of companies like to say diversity and inclusion is in the heart and it's in the gene of their core values. But is it, you know, like, is it, it still sits with like HR, you know, it sits with HR and, you know, we want to live in a world where like networks of diversity, departments of diversity is really not needed, but we're far, far from there. So I think um, the, the challenges they, they have is to um, keep each group satisfied as well, because I've seen it, it's like, you know, your, the leaders do more for the gender group, they do more for this group or that group. So that's why there is a big challenge to really, you know, that's how it gets into a tick box exercise. It's because they're trying to satisfy all streams. So anyway, I have to jump on another cover. I hope I um, added value there, um, but I'll be listening um, in the background. So I'm Sajna and I'm going to pass back the mic to you guys. Thank you. Oh, can you guys hear me? Yeah, sorry. Thank you, Sandra. I couldn't unmute then. Thank you very much. No, and I think you touched on a brilliant, brilliant point about how difficult this is to kind of um, get right and stop it from being um, a tick box exercise because that is what we see. And I suppose it's, first of all, understanding how many uh, different groups there are that, that need support and identifying them. And I think there's a huge education piece, you know, in, in every business that really needs to be undertaken. So um, moving on to then the diversity side of this and inclusion, um, should we pop round the stage and get everyone's views on this, Michaela? Because I do want to know. Or have you got something to add? No, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. See, see what everybody's saying. I love what Sajna said as well. And uh, Elaine's point, I've never... I've heard of it, but I never really understood that. So it's nice to have a breakdown of that. Um, what I do get worried about is more and more letters getting added to things. Like it was all about equality, then it was about diversity. Now it's about inclusion. It's, I just wonder how this can just be simplified. So it just is what it is. I, I don't understand people, because I am passionate about this, I don't understand people who aren't, to be honest. So then to have to keep adding things in so it becomes clear, like you can't just have an equal amount of women they also have to be included, they, they, uh, it has to be diverse. Like how far does this go until it resonates with people and they actually have a clear understanding? Is there a way to simplify this more? And is the equity piece the, the bit that helps people to understand it more? Because some people, it might just be ignorance. Some people may genuinely not understand it and other people are just knobs, basically. So I wonder how this can be simplified to put across so that change can be made faster because is the issue that it's becoming more more and more complex yeah i think you've got a really good point there about us like we were saying before when um elaine simplified it for us it's something i've heard for years and then just now gone ah okay i get it because it was simplified so maybe we are just overcomplicating the whole thing um for the right reasons but maybe not for the best outcomes um what's your view carol yeah, you know, I've been sitting here quietly because it, it, it is one of those those you know topics that is it's to keep it keeps changing, but it's all about you know we're all human, right? It's about being fair, right? Why why should we be? Why should women or people of of color or disability, if they're able to do a job, you know, to take it in the context of of, of employing someone for the job? You know, a job has 
a set criteria of deliverables, you know, tasks to be done. Now, why does a gender or whatever have to come into account when, when you're doing that? Can the person do the job? Yes or no. And, it, you know, the fact that they're, they're looking at and they're talking about different terminologies, how to further explain it, the evidence is there right the evidence is right in front you know as Michaela rightfully saying yourself Haley, there's not enough women in construction why right there's not enough women of, of color in certain roles in certain of organization why you know there's just so many things that is visible that needs to be put right and I can it's interesting you know that we're, we're having this conversation because as you know, I work for a large organisation and, you know, they're, they're very much wanting to, you know, collect the data on how, you know, how to make sure that, you know, everyone is, is fairly treated. Now, I've been asked to sit on the inclusion and diversity steering group. So, you know, I had my check in yesterday um, and they said, look, you know, want to, you know, this is what we're trying to do. Uh, we think you'd be really, really good you know, person to represent this steering group. And, and, you know, when we started looking at, I said, well, what's, what's the objective? What are we trying to actually do? And, you know, it, it even, you know, some of the areas are when people are looking to, um, once they've been employed and they're filling out certain questionnaires, some people are not fully filling out, you know, their, you know, their um, ethnicity, they're leaving it blank. Why are they leaving it blank, right? What is what is it causing them a fear to actually leave that blank? And even in the same thing, when people are applying for jobs, and not just with our company, with other companies, that they're not filling out everything because they feel that, oh my God, if I put that I'm Black Caribbean or, or if I'm, I'm, I'm Asian or anything, I might not get past the next stage of recruitment. So, you know, this whole thing, you know, it's about, you know, well, we need to change it. It's DNI, it's eDNI. It's it's visible. The evidence is there. And we need to look at how we deal with it in a way that people feel that they're going to be treated equally and fair. It's all about being fair and allowing people, whether you're female, black, whatever, whatever the sector, as we talk quite extensively over these rooms, that, you know, construction is male dominated. But hold on a minute. Diverse, diversity grows businesses. Until people start sitting up and thinking about it, we're going to be here for the next flipping 10, 15 years talking about the same thing. Because it's not something that's just, you know, we're talking about because of what happened in 2020. It's always been around and we need to address it. So before I start getting on my soapbox, I'll hand over the mic, Hayley, Michaela. Carol, honestly, when you get passionate, it's my most favourite thing. You change and I can just tell how passionate and how frustrated you are with it as well. But you've, you've brought up a really good point for me, something I was thinking about filling a form in the other day. It was for like the hospital or something like that. So I kind of get it. But what is the reason when you apply for jobs? that? So I, I've never worked for a big company, so I've never had to kind of fill in forms at that level or put that on forms for the company I run. But what, what is that a legality? Does, is that something that has to be done or can... Is that for data collection or can it simply be gotten rid of, do you think? Well, it's not It's not just employment. You know, if you register for council tax, I think every single form that you fill in, <clears throat> application, no matter what it is, they ask you, they want to collect that information 
as to where you're from and you know what language you speak and to me i just think why ask that what's the relevance of that now obviously in some parts that information is valuable but if you're then applying for a job it's like you know you know as a youngster or an individual that's thinking well you know they go on a website and they look at the, the people on the board and the board people don't look like who i look like you're going to think shit i'm not even going to i'm not even going to bother because my name is going to be hard to pronounce so you know what i'll give it a miss because because that's, that's the the first step into thinking well am i going to be taken based on i'm able to do the job you know the bottom part of my cv that i think i've really really i've got value i can carry out this job versus actually they want to know about my color first before my qualification that yeah that's such a good point i wonder if that's like something that we could say to all employers do you don't allow to ask that anymore that'd be great i think we could make that happen michaela but the thing is um hey sorry michaela i jumped in before you no i was just going to say 100 percent. we can make anything happen but continue carol <laughs> <laughs> Look, but the thing is right right when you, you ladies run business and there's women here on the stage, right? When you're looking, for instance, you're looking for a subcontractor, Hayley, you want somebody to do some work. Do you do you say, well, let me know what your workforce looks like and what their ethnicity is? You're looking at them, can they do the job, right? Yeah, are you available tomorrow and will you take 20 quid? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, it just... I don't know if it's being a, a micro business that it's it's not data I've ever needed to collect. So it just doesn't come into my mind. You know, the majority of subcontractors that work for us nationally that, you know, a lot of them I've, I'll, I'll never meet and haven't met because they send the credentials, they fill in their PQQ, which is about health and safety, the credentials to do the work, their insurance, and then off they go. And then that gets fed back from a project management point of view. Were, were they good at the job? Did it did everything get done properly and is the sheet signed off and that's the most I need to know to, to work with people um you know they could be any disability color whatever and it, it wouldn't I'd never know and it wouldn't need my attention or bother me to be honest do you know though is is that a problem though is it a problem to not know because then do we can we not help the the current issues? Ooh, I I'm, I'm went quiet then because I'm really thinking about that. But I I don't know. For, for me, I, and it's probably a little bit of ignorance because I'm just going. They were good at the job, and it, it didn't matter. But perhaps yeah, if I did know, and they needed more support or help in getting in other areas, if they've got barriers, it, it would be probably good for me to know so I could help so yeah I, I don't know what the best thing would be to do there whether it's a help or a hindrance well you've got 28 minutes to think of the solution in the meantime Alison's got, <laughs> Alison's got a great answer you're going to jump in Alison hi I, I had to I was just about to drive off but I had to stop and I was chatting with Michaela in the background. So you can hear from my accent that I am South African. And although I lived in the UK for a long time, I'm back in South Africa now. And uh, we have such a different approach here in South Africa with regards to uh, appointments um, of people into positions, promotions, contracts, everything. Um, so we have a quota system here. 
if you are an organization then you are putting forward your proposal to be included in a piece of work you need to show your bbee certificate which is a black broad-based black economic empowerment certificate and you get points your organization gets points for the number of different ethnicities that you have in your management team across the business and obviously the more points you have the higher up the rankings you go for when it comes time to deciding who gets awarded the contract and the same happens in when when we recruit people into post so um, a white male south african will be at the bottom of the pile no matter what his qualifications are because they choose first the first round of of shortcuts uh, not shortcuts the first round of um, sifting of any application will always be according to this sort of quota system or status and this has been going on since 1991 um, so you know there's a lot of argument to say that that it is it had to happen and i agree with that we needed to get the balance right but there's also a question where we now start thinking well have we swung in the opposite direction and at the moment there's a huge again there's another big exit out of south africa because people if you if you're not black you can't find work it's really difficult so a lot of our intellectual capital is leaving and that creates a problem and another imbalance in organizations so i'm not here to argue what is right and wrong i'm just saying that in, in different places there'll be different ways of looking at this um it's very i think it's very tricky with our history um to to get it right overnight um but we have to ask the question of when is when is enough time passed and when do we start looking at a different approach? Um, that's just my view. Uh, Elaine, yeah, fire away. Okay, so I understand, uh, you know, what's happening in South Africa because I've got quite a few family members that are there. I've got some really good friends. And I understand why those kind of things were in, imprinted in certain kind of legislation, and that's fine. But there's just a, there's just an issue with a, a comment that you made that a lot of your a lot of the intellectual property has left the country, meaning that what's left in the country is not good enough to take the country forward. Number one. Number two, there are also people that look like me that have left their country of origin because it's not proving favorable to them and they've moved to another country where um they, they've been able to level the playing field and we, this goes back to the conversation of equity as opposed to equality so um i, I just want to just i don't want to challenge you i want us to have the conversation because i think as women we're really good at having the conversation in that how can we put together or or how can we talk so that we can almost level the playing field again so both each side feels like they've been acknowledged Alison no uh, yeah and I and I appreciate your your um response there Elaine and you know when I say that intellectual capital is leaving the country it's across the board it really is 
Um, a lot of people are very frustrated and that speaks to more about our political status. I mean, our political, um, and I can't, I'm not, I'm not um, well versed enough in the politics because I choose not to be, which is my own choice not to be, um, to understand all the ins and outs of that. But, you know, I, I think that across the board, it doesn't matter what race you are, the general population in South Africa have lost faith in our, in our, in our government really to be able to take the country forward. This is why we've got so many problems in the country. And, you know, my experience, I can only speak to my experience alone. So my experience in South Africa was I worked in state owned. I didn't work in private, in a private, um, you know, in, in the private sector, I worked in state owned. So I worked for the government and it was, very, very, very apparent working in state owned around the application of some of these things that are very well printed into our um, politics and into our the way that we run the country, which is, and again, speaking to my personal experience and my choice, I chose not to work in that environment anymore because it wasn't healthy for me. And that's why I started my own business. It's, I always listen to these conversations, and I know that Michaela and Haley have had this conversation about a year ago with huge interest because I think I enjoy what people are saying that surely we should be seen on our merit. Surely we, we should be seen on our experience and our skills and on the value that as an individual we can bring to the role, to the organization, to the country, to the team, whatever it might be. And here in South Africa, we have a very different view because, yes, your skill and your experience and your um, value is considered, but it's considered last. It's not, con it's, you know, your, your ethnicity and your gender and any other diversity um, status is considered first before they think about, about your, the skills that you can bring to the role. It's just that, you know, we've, we've got a different way of looking at it in South Africa. But I appreciate your feedback, Elaine. And yes, you know, people are coming, people are going for many different reasons. Alison, I'm done speaking. Yeah, thanks, Alison. I don't know, Elaine, do you, do you want to respond? Or, um... No, no I, I think that, yeah, I think she responded really, really well. But you know Elaine already, if she's going to respond, I'm going to take this room to a whole different level. So I'm just going <laughs> to... But I, <laughs> I'm just... I, I think what Alison is saying is fine. And she's absolutely right. We did have this conversation about a year ago um, in the fact that... Um, not just talking about South Africa, but if we look at even the states where they had affirmative action and they were allowing students to go into certain universities because of the colour of their skin first then a lot of white students felt like they weren't being given the same opportunities. And then, you know, they also said, well, it's not fair on me. But actually, the system has been put up for so long to favour one type of person, regardless of whether you're qualified or not. And so it, it is a very difficult conversation, but it's a good conversation. Um, and, and I love the fact that women can have the conversation um, unlike men, can I throw that out there without screaming and shouting? But I think it's I think it's a really good conversation that maybe you need to do a part two on and, and let's delve in a bit deeper because these 12 o'clock one hour sessions are not enough um, and not enough.
<laughs> yeah, definitely. Do you know what? I find it fascinating, really interesting because, um, you know, it, it could potentially be, be going too far the other way. But I, I think finding the balance with anything like this is difficult and it's never going to be 100% equal. That's just what it is. But I think it, it's going back to back to why are the people now who are applying not as skilled is there something going wrong at the very foundations of this when we go back to um the educational level and looking at um you know the, the demographics where people are coming from especially underprivileged children and that's the same in in white communities um, I think white boys are actually the, the worst performing in, in the UK and that's, I'm quoting Dean Kelly there, he knows far more than me, but uh, that's a, a stat he wants to me that white boys are actually the worst performing in, in the UK and it's boys who are coming from, from poor upbringing, so it's a matter of providing these tools and skill sets to these rather than waiting for them to get to a job position, not being as skilled and then employing them because the white or because the black or because it's a woman or for any other reason because you do want the best person for the job so we, we need to educate them and get them so that they're on an equal level when it comes to applying for those jobs opinions yeah i just think you're right in the sense that if you go too far the other way it becomes a tick box exercise but for all the same reasons and you end up with people in roles that can't be in that role because they weren't picked for the skill set they were picked to tick the boxes and that's what we completely need to get away from from any side so I think the education piece for me is probably the most important and that's going to be I think a generational thing along with a, a lot a lot of hard work and pressure along the way yeah. yeah I have to I have to agree with you there Hayley I think that that's really really the education piece is massive um, and really important and I think that when we can start to look at at addressing some of the imbalances from there. And unfortunately, it will be a generational thing. Uh, we're already seeing some huge differences here in South Africa because they have started, they did start approaching the educational piece, but I think it would be nice to see more of that happening um, at that level. Yeah, I mean, I totally agree with the education and everything starts with the right foundation, right? And that statistic out there does say that white boys are the worst performing but then when you get to the job market it's actually black boys that aren't getting the jobs is very bizarre right so at the very foundation level that's where we have to sort it out because it's never going to be you can't fix the top of the tree but you can fix the roots and i was telling somebody this the other day about our health we can't fix the symptoms that we see outside we've got to fix what's happening on the inside and so starting at the very foundational level is 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 a good starting point because actually everybody's equal than the, the moment they go into school but and i'll go back to that analogy about the tutoring if the parents are not equipped to support the children where is the support coming from if the parents if they are in an in, in, a, in a low income background if they are they are not able and if they didn't go to school that much themselves how can they support the children? So these systems need to be put in place in the educational system to take them through the process of education and onto the job market. Yeah, it just, that reminds me, Michaela, of the conversation we had with City and Guild the other day talking about a course that Michaela's creating with them. Am I allowed to talk about this, Michaela? Yeah, and uh, also Haley is involved as well, so take the credit. Well, I, I'm, yeah, well, I'm involved, but anyway... Um, 
So they were talking about wanting a course for four girls run by women. Uh, so four women by women. And one of the commercial managers, a man said, you know, we can't then tell boys that they're not allowed to sit the course. You know, and we're like, well, we don't want to tell boys they can't sit the course. But if anything, it can only be a benefit to them because if the course includes things like confidence building, how to expect to be treated, how to stand your ground, an understanding of that, you know, DE&I and what that means to them and what to expect and how to get support and all of these things, then surely boys seeing that at an educational level coming out of school and into college before going out into the wider industry can only be a good thing. Um, but if it's fronted by women, then so be it. What's people's opinions on that in 15 minutes? I think it's great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no way. I thought you might. Elaine, what are you saying? I know you're big in education. Do you think that could be could be a helpful thing, like a as a first step into something on a small level? Do you know what? I think it's really interesting, and I'm actually developing an app and gamifying it. And I know I'm going to have more boys on there. The reason why we had the gamification um, for it on in tutoring is that boys, and this is just a fact, boys are very hard to. Make motivate and get them to do their work whereas girls just get on with it and so I don't think there's anything wrong with 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 saying you know this is for women run by women we we have got projects in Ghana where it's specifically for girls in STEM because there aren't enough girls in STEM and I think all you're doing is you're addressing a need and there's nothing wrong with that I think you know when we get too pernickety and this and that we don't actually solve the problem we just end up having the conversation about are we being politically correct does that make sense yeah I, I thought that myself and I thought interesting that the only person that's come up with an issue with this now has been a man but I'm going to leave that for everybody else to to ponder on that was just my thought well can I add though my my, my reasons for wanting to do this from the start is obviously I'm in marketing and purely from a marketing point of view if we start saying this is a course for women in construction it's going to appeal to more women because at the moment nobody knows that this is really an option and I think um, you know men may potentially get offended by this but we're not saying oh you're not welcome to have a job there are many many courses that you can go on but we need to start attracting women in, and it isn't happening and that's from the level of, of where we're talking about getting qualified um and just to touch on previous points that have been made it absolutely does and elaine i know that's that's right as well what you were saying about you know white boys michaela i think we're losing yet or is it just lost me? Hello? We lost you, Michaela. Can you Oh sorry, can you can you hear me? Yes, we can. Yeah, now. start your rant all over again, please. No, it's not a rant, no, I'm just saying um, the, the, while this stat's correct, that white boys are, are underperforming and, and then black men are struggling to get jobs at that at, at that point, you know, it, it looks like a an opposite effect on the opposite to what's happening um where Alison's from. But at least they're the pointing it out and this is like this is actually what we're going for we're not aiming to go for that we're not saying oh white boys are underperforming so let's make sure that we give them more jobs naturally it is happening in this country and and that's shining a light on this is a real issue how can this possibly be happening if black boys are performing better then how are they not getting the job positions it, and it needs to be spoken about i think the differences have to be spoken about the fact that um 
women aren't coming into construction needs needs to be said the fact that black men are not being given the opportunity to get these better jobs it, you've got to address it you, you cannot ignore it you can't breathe past it and while i'm not really for quarters massively i think there is a time and a place for them and when there's such disparities like there is with women in construction i think it has to happen because if women are then going to come into doing our woman in construction course we want to know that there's other women who have reached higher places or else they'll go into a different industry where they've got the potential to keep progressing so i think it, it does take generations but immediate action has to be taken as well and sometimes that does mean quarters and it has to happen so that other people therefore have role models to look at and, and they can see oh if I do this and put all this effort in then I have the potential of being just like her or just like him or whichever demographic it is that you're targeting so I think um, it has to happen on all levels and sometimes there is a need for a quarter whether um, in South Africa they've taken that too far if it's failing I don't know I'm really I'm fascinated with the conversation but I'm not I'm not you know well up on it so I can't really quote but I think um, we it, it needs to be addressed in England and I think we need to get away from this um, I don't see colour I don't see gender I don't see your sexuality and actually start to see it so do start to see the gender so that when you see a woman on site she isn't ignored and you're, you, you know you're going to give her that extra help bearing in mind what other people might be saying to her and understanding the differences sorry my son's just come so I'm going to go <laughs> Oh, did Grayson want to add a, a little comment as well? Yeah, brilliant. I am conscious that we're, we're obviously closing, coming to an end and there's lots of people on stage we haven't heard from. So um, I'm wondering if Anne, Luke, Penny, Mary, have you got anything you'd like to add? Am I going to take that as a no? Oh, Penny, oh, you're both Penny, we'll yeah. go with you first. I've seen you first. I haven't got anything to add, but um, I'm just learning so much from this room. So I just wanted to thank everyone for um, the education piece today. So that was all I wanted to add. But thanks ever so much. Oh, brilliant. Thank you, Penny. Thanks for coming along. Hey, Mary. Yeah. Hi, guys. Sorry, I'm working. So I'll be very, very quick. Um, yeah, no, an amazing subject. And I think, as Elaine said, you know, you could quite easily do a really long room on this. And um, loving what everybody shared today and learning lots too and the thing is I do value the importance of it you know I do I have any disabilities am I gay am I am I um, black am I this no I'm not you know I can't ever truly say that I understand the experiences of other people um, that are not treated equally is it important that we all are all treated equally a hundred percent and how we do that going forward. I mean, don't get me wrong, I take on my children's experiences because they are mixed heritage, so what their experiences, they become my experiences. When they're upset, it affects me. So I've learned a lot and I'm always willing to learn and learn and learn. And, and I think in times gone by, yeah, a lot of people used to say, oh, I don't see color, I don't see color. And as I think Michaela was just saying, or Hayley was just saying, I'm not sure who said it, or Elaine um, was saying that, bottom line is we do have to see colour we do have to see the differences you know to make change we have to uh, all of us all of us are responsible for that and I think it is a generational thing and I think as the youngsters come up a lot more will change it's going to take time do we force more change yes 
do um, I know the discussion on South Africa? Does it sound like it's gone the other way too far? Maybe I don't know. I'm not in South Africa. And then then the youngsters coming up in that living in South Africa, are they going to feel bitter if they're not getting jobs? I don't know. Uh, bottom line is it has to come as Elaine said foundation upwards there's a lot to be done a lot of mindset has to change amongst again in construction I don't know what it's like as a woman to go onto construction site and be treated differently because I'm not in construction all those guys that work on there the staff have to be educated it's not just the people at the top of that owns the companies and they're doing tick box exercises because some of them will be just to be seen to be doing that uh, you know are they truly behind it are they truly re-educating the people that work within that environment you know what except what's coming there is change coming and you know everybody has to get with the program so it's a really really good subject sorry i'm working but as elaine said yeah lovely if there's a, a longer room or a bigger discussion i'm there to learn thank you Thank you, Mary. Love that. And I love how you gave a full overview of the entire room. Absolutely brilliant. Um, even though you're working, you were definitely listening. So I love that. Um, Dean, um, I know we've only got a few minutes left and you're there. Are you available to speak? I am. I have actually missed everything that's gone on. So <laughs> you may, I made a, needed a slight recap. I've been um, well, I... you actually, Dean. So um, your ears must have been burning because I gave you start of them. We're talking about EDI and what it means, and um, Alison's been educating us on what's happening in South Africa with um, with you. If you're a black person, then you, that matters more than what your school set is and things what the government have implemented. Um, and then she believes that that's caused issues with um, people leaving the country. Elaine slightly disagreed, and I'm saying that um, white boys in England or the UK um, are actually performing worse. But then Elaine said, but then black, black men are the ones who are struggling to then get the, get the jobs. Um, so I don't know. That's a very brief summary because I have been quoting you and um, you know better than me. Yeah, it's a minefield, right? Um, in terms of you say one thing and somebody's always going to have a counter to it. And, and my, my take on all of it is how, do you, how, how can you be fair and equal with everybody? I've got a platform, it blinds the recruitment process, it does things like degenderizes adverts. So it puts everything on a flat playing field. And you can always, you know, you can play with numbers, you can play with cohorts of people, you can put people into a bracket to say they're very poor, and then somebody can come across and say, well, here's, here's a cohort of people who are very wealthy, um, come from different places. Um, yes, you're right, the, 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 the highest level of underperformance in the country is working class white boys, but they've got generational worklessness. You know, uh, you're, you're going back years and years and years. Uh, many are seaside towns, many are old collieries. Um, but then there's immigration. So when, when you have immigration, generally they don't, they don't turn up with lots of money to spend in the country. They're going because it's, it's economic migration. They want to go somewhere where there's more opportunity and they feel that they can actually use those entrepreneurial skills that you have to use in other countries, essentially, just to get by and, and make their way in the UK or America or whatever else. And of course, you know, there's going to be biases there. And I think... Um, they're not what they were by any stretch, um, but there, there are still undertones and there needs to be a lot of work done to, to iron a lot of that out. Um, but when you get into um, real heavy positive discrimination, you're going to get Newton's third law, you're going to get an equal and opposite reaction, you're going to create factions, you're going to create divisions. 
Um, and, you know, we're talking about whether you see colour or don't see colour. I mean, I think sometimes people don't know what to say. Um, I think you should celebrate colour, you know, celebrate people being different. I think that's, that's the right thing, you know. I've, I've um, always felt like that with all my friends. I, you know, in sense of sometimes when people say they don't see colour, I think it's because they don't see any difference in how they treat someone. Um, and you, you have to be careful that if you put too much of an emphasis on something, that people don't know how to react and they don't know what to say or what to do. And then you end up feeling, is that a microaggression? Is that, is that an issue because they've not said this to me? Did they come to me last because you know, I'm this person? Did they come to me first just because they needed to make a point? It becomes a really, really difficult thing to do. And, and, and I, the one thing I've always advocated for is balance. Um, and, and for me, a lot of the, you know, the issues for people is, is, is wealth related. You know, education is the, the, the biggest economic factor in terms of determining uh, well-being, health, um, financial stability, social mobility, those types of things. And there's good access to education in the UK. You, know, you don't have to pay for your education here. And that's where I work. I work in the education field. So being able to pr promote balanced, diverse, representative environments, I think, is a really, really good thing because it makes... Um, you know, people blossom. I was, I was talking to Elaine offline about a school I dealt with um, in London that had real issues, and um, they just just they got the DFE in, and they were trying to do this turnaround. And it was quite a few years ago. And I was talking to this superhead who'd come in that I, I'd, I'd known for a few years, and I asked him, you know, what what is it that you you need from us to do outside of your your standard requirements? And this this chap walked past, six foot six, big black guy, and he went, I want teachers like him. I was like, is he a really good teacher? He said, he's all right, he's, he's not too bad, but he said he's Canadian, they think he's American, they listen, he gets engagement. Now, that was a, a bit of an eye-opener, this was many years ago, that was a bit of an eye-opener for me, because then when you feel that you're represented at different levels, I can see that you, you, you see role models, you stand up, you see people who look like you, and that can bring out the best in you. So that's, that, that, that for me was, was an eye-opener, and sent me, this would have been about 2003, four. So he sent me on this, this, this kind of journey and this road that I've gone on. But yeah, I'm, it, you, you can always, it's, it's like um, everything that goes on with the government, they can pull out a stat, they can say we've, we've done this uh, survey and it's 300 people in a village in the middle of nowhere. You can always, always play with these things. For me, a lot of it's to do more of a class system than anything else. Um, and as long as we can balance that out wherever possible, give everybody a fair and equal chance, um, I've always struggled with understanding why anybody in business would hire anybody for their gender or their colour if they weren't the right person to do the job, if they weren't going to give them what they wanted from that role, they didn't have the right aptitude and attitude. And that's why I think the blind process is, is really good because um, it removes that unconscious bias, um, which everyone has, everyone has, you know, it's, 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 it's in all of us with certain things, it's, it's the, the nature of your upbringing and what you've seen, but it is being able to then step, step back and look at it in its totality, be a critical thinker and say to yourself, right, okay, yeah, that, that, that probably goes against my, my, my standard gut feel. Um, why was that? I think those sorts of processes need to happen. Uh, if, you, if you enforce one way or the other too hard, and I know you, you and I, Michaela, have disagreed a little bit on uh, quotas and things like that, because I think um, there are better ways to get there and then I would hate to see 
people in positions where they felt that they got there because of their gender or race, because that would make them feel undermined. And I know that from from speaking to, you know, senior leaders, um, uh, female senior leaders, BAME background senior leaders, that they, they they're the one thing they want to enforce in that conversation is they got there because they were the best person for the job. And so there has to has to be balance, and that's the hardest thing I think. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Uh, oh, sorry. Um, yeah, sorry. I'm in, I'm in the car. I've got a car full here. Yeah, I, we, I love all that, Dean. Thanks for, for coming as well and, and telling everybody. Um, cause you say it far better than I do. I did not say any of that. Just FYI, I was like, oh, why boy performance first class. <laughs> so, so you really, um, yeah, you you grew on what I said. Um, but yeah, we, we I think we'll always disagree on the quotes thing. Alison made some great points, and I would love to run this um, this room again, touching on what Alison said about this mask water that's happening, um, and then try to understand has it worked? What can we learn from that that has worked? What can we learn that hasn't worked? What are the consequences? Um, because I am, I do believe that that something needs to happen, and it does come down to a numbers game. To, to just get the ball moving, to, to gain some traction, to to make people realise, right, this has to change now. Uh, it is changing, it is happening, and we've got to jump on board, because I think without it, people just don't do a great deal and just pass it off as that was the best person for the job, uh, even though potentially there wasn't, and they don't have a clue, because ultimately, unless you're playing both, how do you, how do you actually know? It's just a stupid interview. So um, that's my opinion anyway. Hayley, I'll, I'll leave it to you or Carol to, to wrap up. Thanks, Michaela. Thank you, Dean. Loved that. Thanks for coming along. You did well, considering you didn't hear what went on. It was perfect. Um, well, we have come to an end. Carol, have you got some last words you want to say before I yeah. close up and thank Luke and Big Dog? Yeah, no problem. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I think we need to run this room again because, as you see, there's so many different side topics that, that this you know could easily have gone on for another hours or even more and and, and Dean made a, a valid point and you know we talked about you know Alison made some points about you know a different region and it's kind of you know I'm opening lots of eyes for me you know point thought process for me but when Dean said that you know people getting appointed a role because um of the, their color for instance you know and and that's a, that's that's the thing that worries me quite a lot at the moment that you know you know there's there's these new um positions that have been created within large organization that says <clears throat> i'm a diversity and inclusion executive and diversity and there are all these roles that are being created and you know there's a lot of people that um are now being asked to join boards and you know is it that it's just we need to be seen to be doing the right thing and and again is that person actually ideal for the role or are they just merely saying let's make sure we tick a box and make sure that we we look that we are doing the right thing so great room absolutely loved everyone share elaine and michaela dean love what you said coming in mary as well um this this is why under the entrepreneur and leaders that these rooms are so valuable you know the topics that we bring both Haley and Michaela there's a lot of thought process and you know we put you know they, the ladies put these titles in weeks in advance and there's probably we could fill a whole year up with loads of different things but what they want to do is ensure that the topic resonate to the issues that we are dealing with 
day in, day out as women in business, people in business as well. So thank everyone, each and one of you for contributing this afternoon. It's been a great, great subject. And there will be a part two, three, four or five. Um, as we said, the room is run under the entrepreneur and leaders banner. If you're not following the room, please click on the, the green monopoly at the top. Um, Women in Business is run every Friday and it's sponsored by Big Doug and Luke is there. And, you know, if you want to check out a little bit more, there's a, a link at the top. Uh, we have a number of other rooms under the Entrepreneur and Leaders that run during the week. Uh, sorry, I can't reel them all off the top of my head, just conscious of time. But there's some really good rooms that are run by the moderators and there's some moderators on the stage, some real powerful people. Click on their bio and there's some in the audience as well and follow them, follow the room. This has been a great afternoon. Michaela, um, Hayley, do you want me to wrap up the room now? Yeah, I just want to say thank you to everyone. And once again, you, Luke, uh, Big Doug, huge supporters. Uh, from an ED and I perspective, you guys have, you know, made this possible and been the biggest supporters we could ask for. So extended thank you. And everyone that shared today, I've, I've learned a lot. It's been a really, really good room. So thank you all. And the room's going to be closing in five, four, bye, bye guys. Everyone. Bye, bye. Thanks, bye. 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 Carol, sing. What the <laughs> day? It's Friday. It's Friday. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Carol. Have a good weekend, guys. Take care. Bye. bye.